Hello and welcome to Horror Court Trash Over, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash the pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And Summer Screams continues. Yes. There's a lot of episodes in Summer Screams, and I'm not going to lie, I've had a much better time so far than I had during uh, Shitty Superheroes Month. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. <laughs> like, this is refreshing. This is, this is what we started the podcast for, shit like this. Um, I, it's not often I'll say this. But I held my hands up and I was wrong. I thought the film we're discussing this week uh, was really bad when I first watched it. And I'm really confused. I must have been in a really bad mood that day because this was great. Yeah. Yeah, you always said that you hated this film. Yeah. I mean, I, I, was, I wasn't really either way about it. Maybe really. it's time to give Squirm a go again. Uh, no. No. <laughs> We are, of course, talking about slasher classic, The Mutilator from 1984, also known as Full Break. Before we get into this, let's talk a little bit about this title. That's, yeah. So... And it's very clear in the film as well, let's yeah. be honest. So, obviously, this is a Summer Screams episode, and we put this out there for the poll um, uh, when we were letting you guys decide what we talk about. And the other option was Nightmare Beach. Now... Nightmare Beach is very much a summer film. Yeah. Uh, the, like, very clearly a summer film. Yeah. Everyone voted for this. Now, I understand why. You know, the poster, everyone's in bikinis um, and swimsuits and whatnot. And it looks like a summer film. It's the type of film you normally expect to be set at summer. So we are officially just discussing this because you lot voted for it and because of the poster. This is really not a summer film. <laughs> But it, I feel like the filmmakers don't know what fall is, <laughs> and they don't know what summer is. They they don't they can't really figure it out because yeah. during the film it's like the characters expect it to be summer. I it's weird. Think I mean let's remember we gave the listeners a choice, mm-hmm. so we can't put all the blame at their end. <laughs> no, we did give them a choice, and I if I distinctly remember, I said Nightmare Beach. Yeah. As mine. So you put this forward. I put this forward. Because I mean, look at the poster. And I seem to remember it being a summer I film. I remember it being a summer film as well. <laughs> it is not. Um, it's absolutely set in very cold weather. <laughs> there's, there's more coats than there are bikinis. But as you said, at the beginning of the film, they act as if they're going on a beach holiday. Yeah. It's set at the beach. But it's a fucking drab, cold beach. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> this isn't quite in keeping with the uh, summer theme, is it? No. Um, but then again, I mean, it's in keeping with the first few films we did for summer, where everyone looked like they were freezing. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> At least this isn't a film that's set in summer, but clearly filmed in the dead of winter. <laughs> So, it was directed by Buddy Cooper and John Douglas. It's their only film. Budget was $450,000. And for the uh, box office, I've got a direct quote from Buddy Cooper, who said, it was close to $50 million at the US box office, but $23 million internationally. Okay. So, it did well. So yeah. Surprised it was their only film then. Yeah. If it did, if it did that well. Um, getting into the trivia, the main cast, uh, made up of locals, uh, 
like nobodies who had never acted before. Yeah. The main cast bonded quickly and got along well, uh, even staying on set to watch filming after their characters had been killed off to support each other. Oh, that's uh, nice. Maury Lampley is actually his name. Um, I know you're in disbelief about it. Oh, um, who plays Mike. <laughs> Um, uh, he spent his downtime between scenes on the nearby beach working in his tan and left the, uh, the set as soon as his character was killed off. <laughs> so he wasn't quite as friendly. He also frequently disagreed with his character's makeup and insisted on applying it himself. Oh. <laughs> there we go. Go on, Maury Lampley. With a name like that, I can't blame you. He thought he was, uh, sophisticated. He, he was, he was the, uh, the, the... The catch of the piece, should we say? The catch of the piece? I mean, it's pushing it. It's pushing it. He, he looks like uh, Fred from Scooby-Doo, basically. Yeah, I think he was meant to be the hunk within the film. Yeah. There's always one, isn't there? Uh, uh, yeah, he was meant to be that. The movie's original title was Fall Break, but was changed to The Mutilator for its video release for marketing reasons. But the version we watched, the credit still says... Still says Fall Break. Fall Break. Yeah. And, spoiler alert, there's a whole song dedicated <laughs> to the title. I can't break. imagine seeing it saying The Mutilator and then the song comes on describing the fucking other title. Yeah. Unless there's an alternative theme song where it's the theme song's The Mutilator. And it's like, going out of mutilating people. <laughs> mutilator. Because <laughs> like, that's all Fall Break does. It just describes what Fall Break is. <laughs> The whole song is dedicated to that. It does. We'll get to that. The cast and crew stayed at a nearby motel, which was owned by the writer and director's family. No. Uh, Buddy now owns the motel, and much of the film's crew still work there. Oh, okay. This is this is surprising me because obviously this isn't fucking Lawrence of Arabia or anything like that. But it's not a bad film. No. It's not a badly made no. film. No. I'm surprised. That they just kind of made it, seemingly made a good amount of money yeah. from it, and just did nothing again. Yeah. It's like, okay, we've, we've done it, we've got that off our chest, Let, let's carry on running a motel. Yeah. Um, Pamela Weddle Cooper stepped in at the last minute to play the mother in the opening scene, after the original actress cast in the role decided not to play the part for religious reasons. Why the fuck did she take... A role in a film... Well, I suppose it would have been called Fall Break at the time. But still, she must have read the script. Yeah. For religious reasons? <laughs> There's nothing religious in this. No. And if we're talking about violence, um, read the Bible. <laughs> read the fucking Bible. That's violent. <laughs> Milk was poured in the swimming pool to make the water look more cloudy. Yeah. Which they just blamed on chlorine characters. In the oh, film. what is that about? What was that about? <laughs> so we'll get onto the scene, but it makes sense in the context of this. Um, she has absolutely no idea what chlorine no. is. She's like, what's that in the water? Like, oh, it's it's chlorine. It'll it's you know it cleans the water. It cures it? herpes. No, number one, how does she not know what chlorine is? And number two. Chlorine shouldn't be visible. No. <laughs> like, it must have been burning. 
<laughs> in that swimming pool. Yeah. And then they deliberately put milk in. I just thought it was like they're trying to explain a dirty pool. It wasn't in the budget to clean the pool. Why does Mike, the guy who plays Mike have absolutely every issue of his makeup? He, he had no problems with his character being a fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> No, she was. It yeah, was, but he it was, was too. It was Linda that had no idea what chlorine was. He was the one who was like, it was, it was used to cure herpes. No, he did that as a joke. He had a straight face the entire time. Well, he was about to slip one insider. It's true. That's why he was joking in that. That's what I got. I mean, the acting ain't great in it. It's not terrible. It's not It's not terrible for people who are acting for the first time. Exactly, but... Um, as as we've seen recently in a lot of mainstream films, some experienced actors can't act as good as these people. Yeah, very true. <laughs> very true. According to director Buddy Cooper, the car featured in the film was sold shortly after production wrapped and wrecked by the new owner about three days later. Oh no. <laughs> Linda was originally supposed to be shot from beneath with a spear gun uh, while she floated in the pool, but they couldn't get the special effects to function correctly in the water. So instead, we get a really um, odd drowning scene in slow Very motion, odd. which apparently was made up on the spot. Yeah, you can tell. Big Ed was originally going to be killed uh, on a drawbridge, but this sequence was ultimately shelved because the filmmakers couldn't get access to a drawbridge. A drawbridge. That's a shame. Well, like split in half on yeah. a drawbridge. Uh-huh. Is there a film where that happened? I think so. Oh, I swear there is. Yeah. If if you know, let us know, please. Body count seven. Okay. Yeah, this was um very much in the thick of the body count slasher era of the eighties. Mm. Uh, again, nineteen eighty four. We've recently discussed with uh, Friday the Thirteenth final chapter, Friday the Thirteenth the final chapter, and Nightmare on Elm Street. This is a great year for slasher films. Yeah, and and this is I I I'm absolutely. I was going to say convinced. I don't know why I'm saying convinced. I will stand by this. I think this is better than a lot of the Friday the 13th sequels. Yeah. Yeah. Whilst it's obviously trying to be a Friday the 13th sequel, let's face well, it. Well, it's the old... The, the fact that the burning is actually better than the original Friday the 13th. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and this isn't as good as the burning. But um, sometimes the imitators can overtake... Yeah. What they're imitating. Definitely. So getting into the film, a teenager who accidentally committed <laughs> matricide finds himself being hunted together with his girlfriend and mates by his now crazed father. Do Americans say mates? That's... Matric- matricide. Kill no. his mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it says in... It refers to his friends as his mates. Oh, mates. <laughs> I don't know, actually. Oh, I I thought you were confused by the word matricide. It was like, does that mean killing your mates? No. That's what I thought you were talking. We know perfectly well what that means and how it came about, because we're about to talk about it. The film opens with a mother making a birthday cake whilst her son, Ed, um, who basically looks like someone in drag as the mother, um, (laughs) he, he looks and dresses exactly like her. Why is it with horror films, and this is of the 70s and 80s, there's a long period of horror films where the initial, like, kid accidentally or deliberately killing the mother is always committed by a kid with curly hair. (laughs) I swear, was it, is it Pieces? 
Yeah. Does he have curly hair? I don't think he. No, I don't think he does. Or am I just? <laughs> I know deep red definitely. And it's always little white kids who look the it's same. It's always little white <laughs> kids that look the same. <laughs> and the mums normally look the same as well. They all look like Simon Barlow from <laughs> Curry. Let's be fair. <laughs> um. <laughs> Simon Barlow's not white. What? Simon Barlow's mixed race. They still look like Simon Barlow. Do they look like him? Curly hair. The kid in pieces. Okay, what are you thinking of the kid in pieces? I the kid in pieces has a bow tie and no curly hair. Are you sure? The kid in nightmares and a damaged brain looks like the kid from pieces. Deep red. Is it deep Deep red? red? I don't think that kid had curly hair. A blonde kid with curly hair. Oh, it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I think it's just those two though. Okay. I guess to say on the matter. Not really. Either way, they're always little I mean, white... I said something and you corrected me. They're always weird little white kids killing their mothers. Um, but, um, yeah, so... Ed is dressed exactly like his mum, looks like her. Uh, and he watches her from a distance while she's making his cake. He then starts polishing a shotgun um, <laughs> and accidentally shoots her through the wall. And he runs in and he's like, Mama! Mama! Yeah, it's the cheap American housing again, isn't it? Yeah. Where you can actually <laughs> shoot someone through a wall. Um, I didn't know that was possible. Um, I don't understand why the kid thought cleaning guns was a good birthday present. Yeah, cheap little bastard. He, he could have just gone out and brought a gift. But it's, was the mum aware that this was going on? <laughs> I don't think that so. That the gift was... Because there's this... He makes a sign that says, Happy birthday, Daddy, all cleaned by me. <laughs> and puts it on the on the door yeah. where the shotguns are. And I mean, and not locked. These shotguns aren't locked up. There's quite a few of them. Um, so he ends up shooting his mum through a wall. It's a good shot for an accident. Well, yeah. But then the dad comes home straight away. So <laughs> Big Ed returns home <laughs> straight away. So, he didn't give himself much time to actually clean these shotguns. Because no. <laughs> he manages to barely start one, shoots his mum, and Dad's home. Like, she's already got that cake ready. That cake yeah. is ready. Those candles are ready to be lit. Mm-hmm. So, he really did not give himself a lot of time to clean all those shotguns. No. Um, yeah, Big Ed, Big Ed returns home, um, discovers his wife's body... Uh, which makes him smack little lead around a bit. Uh, and then he <laughs> he has a drink with his wife's corpse. He just gives her a bit as well. Gives he? her a bit of the drink. Gives her a bit. Puts the sign that says, <laughs> Happy birthday, Daddy, all cleaned by me, onto his wife. Yeah. Sits there staring into space as little Ed's hiding around a corner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't really understand his logic here. No. Um... <laughs> Years later, little Ed uh, is now a young man in college, despite looking like he's in his 40s. <laughs> and I mean, this might be the oldest looking teenager we've seen in a fucking film. This is ridiculous. Oh, this is no one in Greece. In a horror film. Like, no one in a horror film. He genuinely looks like he's in his 40s. I'm confused by this, because they're... He looks like David Essex. <laughs> they're drinking openly in a bar. Yeah. Um... 
so I don't understand how old they are meant to be. Yeah, I I don't. I thought it was twenty one in I... America. I mean, he still don't look twenty one. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, they're meant to be young college kids, and usually in these type of films, they're meant to be teenagers. So if they are meant to be teenagers, yeah, really. this is alarming. Um, he gets a call from his father, who knows he's at the bar somehow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Big Ed calls him. Well, um, he's judging Big Ed for being a drinker. Yeah. Big Ed knew that he was going to be at the bar <laughs> to call him there. Yeah, he's, he's there having a drink with his girlfriend Pam and his friends Ralph, Mike and Linda. Uh, and moaning about having nothing to do all summer. Fall. Oh, wow. They've got no, no, they said no, all they summer. Say fall break. Did they actually say fall break? Yeah. Oh, they okay. say, oh, we've got nothing to do for fall break. Oh, Okay. Which makes some of the dialogue in a second really confusing them. Yeah. Um, whilst he's making the call, Pam spills the tea and tells everyone about Ed shooting his mother, which drove his father crazy. Uh, I mean, they've been friends I don't know college. how they've been friends for. Because surely this conversation must have come up before. Yeah. Like... When, when is fall... Okay, I, I'm gonna... Fall is autumn. I, I know when fall is, but fall break... I'm gonna I'm gonna find out when when fall break is. Very professional. I, well, yeah. we're always IMDb in normally. It's true. Um, so fall break. Within an academic year. Within an academic year. Okay. So, no, that's that's the UK. That's the UK. So, academic year. In America. In America, I got spring vacation, summer vacation. Yeah. That's it. Okay, so fall break must be around September, October time. Yeah. That's what I would say. Yeah, because I, I'm really confused as to what they're trying to do here. <laughs> yeah, okay, so Pam spills the tea on Ed's accident. I'm confused because surely this should have come up in conversation beforehand. Like, Ed, how's your parents? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. Um... Ed's dad's mental health issues are a hilarious topic of conversation for them all um, when Ed returns from the phone. Um, he says that his dad treats him like a red-headed bastard <laughs> because of what happened, which, you know, would take a while to get over. Um, uh, Ralph, who's sitting next to Ed, who is a guy who I didn't think was a redhead, he looks like he's got brown hair. Four breaks the first weekend in October. Okay. There we go. Carol. Thank you. Um, so Ralph, the guy sitting next to him, who doesn't look like a redhead at all, is insulted by that. <laughs> so I'm confu- I'm confused by that because he looks like he's got brown hair. Yeah. Um, Ed explains that Big Ed wants him to help with some maintenance at his condo by the beach. Ed's against it, but... It- Pam says it's the perfect place for some R&R by the beach. <laughs> so for me, R&R by the beach means... A summer. Suntan, you know, beach towel, little picnic on the beach. Like, n- not something you wouldn't get in the first weekend of October. Yes, of course. And when she says this, she puts her sunglasses on to demonstrate how she'll look at the beach. She is fully prepared for summer. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And beaches 
I mean, America is a very big country and there's going to be a lot of beach area. So I would feel somewhere like Florida mm-hmm. or somewhere closer to the equator would probably may still be warm in October. Yeah. So then I'm confused when they get there. Well, it's in... They have to wear fucking coats for the whole fucking time. Well, it's at Atlantic Beach, North Carolina. Oh, okay. That's, so, that's higher up. Yeah. That's higher up. So, yeah. It's... it's Yeah. Yeah, they all make the mind that they're going to join him. Ed has a bad feeling about it, but he just... Ed is very anyway. correct in having a bad feeling about <laughs> it. Conveniently. <laughs> Conveniently. Um, everyone's in the car and ready to go. Pam tells Ed uh, not to forget their arrangement, which at this point we don't know what it is. Ralph bumps into some cheerleaders uh, in the background, does some weird dance of his knees whilst mumbling to them. They just walk away and carry on with their lives. Yeah, it's like Mr. Bean. <laughs> Were you not getting What's, Mr. Bean? I was. What's your opinion on Ralph? Twat. I think he's more likeable than the annoying guys in Friday the 13th parts 1 to 3. Nice twat. He's on par with them. I, I thought he was on par with part 4. I... Nah... He's more like Shelley. He, he's more like Shelley <laughs> in bit. being incredibly annoying. But also a lot like... Um, what's his name part 4? The, the computer guy. The computer guy. Oh, we, we literally discussed this last we week. We literally discussed this last <laughs> week. Anyway, whatever his name is. The guy who keeps saying dead fuck. Yeah. And keeps doing it. He's kind of the mix between the two. Because he plays these stupid pranks. And he's known as a prankster. But then he is also... And we'll, we'll um, cover this a lot in this podcast. <laughs> he's also fucking obsessed... With Pam being a virgin. Yes. Absolutely <laughs> ob- fucking obsessed with it. Obsessed. He's an absolute twat. This is none of his business at all, but none he keeps bringing it up. He is a knob. He really is a giant knob. He is so annoying. He tells everyone that his girlfriend Sue can't come along. Um, I mean, there's no room in the car anyway. Um, Apparently there is. They all squeeze in there. Very yeah. dangerous. And Pam's like, oh, don't worry about it, Ralph. Don't let her ruin your weekend. Well, what he says is that Sue has failed an exam and therefore needs to stay at college to make up for it. <laughs> and Pam goes, oh, that's terrible. Don't let it ruin your weekend. <laughs> is it a weekend? Do they yeah. say weekend? Don't let it ruin your weekend. If they're only there for a weekend, why why is it a full break plan? Surely it's just a weekend well, plan. At some point they said it's four days, but then apparently it's a week long, long weekend. And, and spoiler alert, they don't buy enough beer for four no. days, by the way. No. Um, but, she's, but she's like, oh, don't let it ruin your plans. And then she goes to say goodbye to Sue inside. Sue comes outside and then like, oh, so sorry to hear that you're a thick bitch and you failed your exam. And she's like, what do you mean? I, I can come along. And they're like, oh, Ralph, what are you, what are you oh, like? What king of banter over here. The, what is the purpose of that fucking joke? <laughs> what does that even fucking mean? It, but when she came out, he looked embarrassed. Is I think, was he planning for them to leave without was he her? planning... But why would to he leave without her? But he's planning on getting his end away. Why would he? Exactly. There are no other choices. No. Unless he had a thing for Pam. Maybe. And thought this was his chance. 
But yeah, you, you looked disappointed when she came out. Oh, it's fucking stupid. I have absolutely no idea what he was meant to be doing because he's a knob. They somehow all squeeze into the car. They do. Um, and they drive away whilst we get the full break opening credit set to the sound of the full break theme song. Uh, just describes what kids are going to do on full break, including the lyrics. Full break, running in the sand and feeling all right. And when you fall into my arms, I'll break into your heart. I mean, that sounds really fucking aggressive, but okay. It was, it was essentially the theme song to an American sitcom. I, I yeah. can imagine that playing over... Like, the end credits to this film. Yeah. But, like, full, full House. Yeah. Or, you know, Family Matters. Or, you know, those kind of American... Che- kind of cheesy sitcom theme... Music. Yeah, the end credits brings the idea to life. Exactly. It, it is ridiculous. It's so weird. It's so... It's, um... If, at this point, and, and for a little bit further as well, if we didn't have that scene at the beginning where Little Ed shot his mum in the stomach, this, was, this would just be a teen comedy. Well, you say that. I mean... The scene at the start, it's almost played for laughs. You know, he accidentally shoots kind his mum. Whoops. Yeah. And then his dad comes back and has a drink with her. It's it's played it's for laughs. Kind of ridiculous. Yeah. And, but but if that if that is played as a comedy, it's a it's a black comedy. Mm. Whereas the rest of this is all playing out like and like full break as well. The title card. Isn't not even in fucking red or anything like that. It's kind of like the filmmakers planned to make a teen comedy, but then was like, oh, actually, let's make this into a horror film, but still keep the um, script at the beginning. It makes you wonder though if this was intentional, kind of in a way. That from dusk till dawn does it in that you've got one genre, and then you have a quick turnaround, uh, to something else later on. If like it's it's clearly, I mean obviously it's all set up for them to go there and everything, but the fact that they go there unaware, you know they end up in the wrong place, much like from dusk till dawn. Yeah. So if you hadn't had that bit at the beginning. I would have, I could have understood that, mm. where it's luring you into um, thinking you're watching a comedy and then suddenly, you know, it's a, a gory slasher film. Yeah. If that bit at the beginning wasn't, you know, there, I could understand that. Also, I know it still says full break, but they did change the title to The Mutilator. Yeah, yeah. You know, they did make a conscious decision. So my feeling is, and I, I don't know if this is true or not, but my feeling is that potentially they didn't set out to make a horror film, mm. but it kind of happened as they were developing it. Yeah. And therefore we get this weird part at the beginning where it's like a bloody teen comedy. Mm. Like fucking meatballs or anything. But then the dialogue... During that scene at the beginning, in the bar where she tells him all about his dad, yeah, it's it's, it's it is a strange one. It is very but weird. It works because it makes the kills more effective when they start to happen. Especially means they go all out with them. Yeah. Oh yeah. It it is. I mean, it's 
it's weird and I mean it ain't a sign of good filmmaking but it's enjoyable yeah it's enjoyable I mean yeah um, I mean it's not hilarious but it, it's funny well I'll tell you what isn't hilarious this uh bizarre series of events that's about to happen so they stop the theme song halfway through yeah and the opening credits they stop off at a shop where ralph goes to buy some beers well the, the car's overheated is it yeah probably because there's too many people in it. <laughs> so they open it cuts to them opening so at the end of the the credits it goes to a still of um them with the bonnet open of the car yeah. and steam coming out of it like, oh, oh, you guys, the, the car's broken down, all this steam, oh. So they're at this convenience store because the car's broken down. Yeah, so Raph goes to buy some beers. He notices a sign by the counter that says 10% discount for senior citizens and proceeds to tell the shopkeeper how he thinks this is discrimination because he's young. And the shopkeeper, one of the best actors in the film, just agrees with him and it is fucking hilarious he this guy they've clearly gone to him and said oh yeah by the way look we need you to be in this film just repeat what he says you only have he's to like, say sure he's like, yeah <laughs> yeah sure it is yeah yeah and <laughs> ralph's like oh yeah give me the 10 percent discount and if you do i'll split a six pack of beer with you and the shopkeeper's like yeah sure yeah so Ralph leaves the shop with two six-packs uh, and another customer walks up to the shopkeeper and bitches to him about Ralph. And like, no, I'm sure that's his wife. Is that his wife? That would be his wife. So it is... So Ralph goes in and he says that it's discriminatory, but if he gives him the 10% discount, he'll buy 12 two six packs yeah so he'll buy double the amount so he can get the 10 percent discount one thing i did notice is that in the pub at the beginning there are two kinds of beer <laughs> there's budweiser and then there's a beer called national beer that i'm not familiar with and when they're talking in the bar at the beginning the labels are conveniently all facing the camera. <laughs> and then he goes to this convenience store and there's two fridges full of beer. <laughs> and it's national beer and it's Budweiser. <laughs> and he picks up these two packs of... Uh, two six-packs of national The lesser-known one. <laughs> the lesser-known one. And, um, yeah, so he, he says he'll buy twice as much if he can get the 10% discount. The guy's not sure yet. And then his wife comes over. I'm assuming it's his wife. And she says, another one of those smart-ass college kids talking themselves into buying two (laughs) six-packs instead of one. And the shopkeeper just laughs. She does. And, um, well, obviously that's a setup, isn't it? Yeah. They've set up this sign that says 10% discount so that all the stupid college kids will buy twice as much to get 10% off when they've probably upped the price anyway. Um, my delivery of that line is way more emotional <laughs> than her delivery of that line. But it's, it's the way they just laugh for a bit and the camera just stays on it. It's so awkward. You can see, like, they move their eyes around looking like, wait, is, is, is it finished? Has <laughs> the scene finished yet? What was that film we watched where... Um, it was, it's an inconvenience store as well, and the old woman's running the convenience store. 
And um, she's awful. Truly, really, really bad at acting. And then we read the um, trivia afterwards and the person who was meant to do it backed out. So we got his mum to do it. Do you remember that film? No. I, this reminds me of that. Like, literally, they probably were just owners of the convenience store. <laughs> and he just said, just, just, here are the lines, just read them. I feel oh, like what that film that you're talking film? about was a really low-budget film. Really low budget. We thought we were going to have fun with it. It was actually really boring. Was it Home Sweet Home? Oh, it may have been. Because the idea is that there's, like... Very obviously, her script in front oh, of her I think as it well. Was, home sweet home. was it Home Sweet Home? I think it was a podcast film. Um, but as soon as the scene finishes, the car journey and the credits continue oh, with the Fall Break theme song continuing as well. So it's like, it's just a really weird comedic break. And also, the car's fine now. The car is fine. Um, they also have a little bit of time for Ralph to go pee in a field. Yeah. Absolute hilarity. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they arrive at the beach condo and Ed's really excited. And uh, he's like, what do you think, guys? And everyone's like, yeah, it's all right. Well, it's a bit of a shithole, <laughs> to be fair. Because they get there and there's there's booze everywhere. Empty bottles and um, glasses half full of alcohol lying everywhere. And it, it ain't that cute to begin with, either. Um, it looks fucking freezing, by the way. <laughs> It's so cold outside. Everyone's dressed up for winter as well. They are. Um, Ed says that it's probably Big Ed and his pals reminiscing about hunting and uh, all their, like, macho stuff. To which Mike, <laughs> the macho guy, or we're led to believe is the macho guy, goes, Macho, huh? Whilst grabbing Ed by the collar. <laughs> Um, Pam is nervous because she believes there may have been a break-in and that's why it's a shithole. Um, Mike, who is actually really quite unpleasant. We're saying that Ralph's unpleasant. Mike is just as unpleasant. They all think it's a shithole, but Mike's the first one to say, geez, would you look at all this shit? And they do, and I mean, there is a long scene, this is a long scene of them just picking up random stuff and saying, what's this? What's this? And then Ed explaining what Well, I love how Mike's the face of uh, toxic masculinity in the film, but then like behind the scenes, he's just constantly moaning about his makeup. Yeah, yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah, Pam thinks they should call the police just in case someone's broken in. Pam is a very underrated final girl. Mm. She like, right from the get-go... This bitch is on it. She is on it like Sonic. She is... Well, she isn't on it, which is a big topic of conversation. Well, I mean, it's the 80s and she's a final girl. Of course she's not on it. Of course she's um, not on it. <laughs> but, yeah, she's like, yeah, we should absolutely call the police. Someone's clearly broken in. Yeah. And Ed's like, oh, yeah, whatever. There's never any police about. Just someone patrolling the beach every now and then. Uh, Ralph thinks it's a good place to smuggle dope. I'd love to see a spin-off of Ralph trying to smuggle dope. I'd hate that. <laughs> Um, yeah, they find the living room with all the fish and deer that Big Ed has hunted. And yeah, this is where Ed demonstrates how much of a fucking boring character he is. He is very boring, actually. Oh, this fish is from this. Oh, and then this fish over here. Oh, and then this deer. Ooh. Linda walks in, she's like, rah, rah. <laughs> and then she looks at a fish on the wall, a fish that is there in person in front of her. It's like, mm, mm. I bet this, I bet that was good, baked with a little lemon. 
Well, no, Linda, it's right in front of you. Yeah, and he had to even say that. Oh, no, it's like, no, he didn't eat it. the fish. No, it's on the yeah, fucking it's right, wall. Right there. It's right there. <laughs> He's a trophy hunter. And then he shows them in a bizarre series of events. Well, they find it, don't they? They find this. Yeah, they find a picture of a bloody corpse. Um, and he's like, oh, yeah, my dad ran over him. It was an accident. With, like, deep gashes across his body. Yeah. And it's it's not just a photo. It's fucking framed. It's framed, yeah. It's framed. <laughs> and like, ah, oh, you know, it was just my dad ran into him with a speedboat. It was an accident. And I'm like, but it's framed. <laughs> it don't matter if it's an accident. If it was an accident... Okay. If the photo was taken for, you know, police procedurals or whatever, I understand. I don't know why you would keep it, <laughs> but I understand why a photo may have been taken. But to frame the fucker, <laughs> that's fucking weird. And they do kind of give each other a weird look, yeah. but it's never dealt with again. It's never mentioned again. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, Sue's putting sunglasses on a deer head whilst, uh, whilst he's explaining to light, this. Yeah, so right after this, Sue <laughs> lightens the mood by putting her sunglasses on a mounted deer head. She then... Um, the fucking deer needs those sunglasses just as much as she needs those fucking sunglasses. Because there ain't no sun in the bitch. Um, also framed is a piece of metal on the wall. Now, I'm confused by this. I don't know if you are. I switched off when he was explaining about it. This is a big... This turns out to be a big part of the film. (laughs) Like, random pieces of metal being thrown around. Surprisingly. Apparently, Big Ed had a competition with his friends as to who can throw the piece of metal against the wall for it to stick. And apparently he threw this piece of metal against the wall so hard that he was so proud, he left it there and framed it. What the fuck is that about? <laughs> so these are, kind of there's a lot of signs here that Big Ed has turned into a fucking psychopath. Absolutely. But there are also signs I was getting that Ed... Was in on this. Yeah. He was like really excited about all these things. Because then his dad hates him. He was really excited about all of these things. Yeah. He was really excited about this piece. But he was also really excited about the framed picture. I I hate to go on. But the framed (laughs) picture of a dead man that he'd (laughs) caused the death of. They also find an ancient mask... Um, that's or, that's a little further off from this. Uh, is it? Yeah. Sue picks up a device, which would be which will be the device that leads to her death. Spoiler alert. Asks what it is when Ed explains it's a gaff. She then oh, picks it's a up a huge hook. Isn't yeah. It? So she picks up a fishing rod and asks if that what if that's what Big Ed catches fish with. Oh, Ed continues to tell boring stories about um, his dad and his dad's friends, and then. We get a shot of Big he- of Big Ed hiding in the basement and doing absolutely nothing. So, unlike other slasher films in the 80s... Is this a basement? Or is it... I called it a garage I or a... I checked. Shack. I checked. And 
I think he's in a different location now when uh, he is later on. Okay. Because Wikipedia says this is a basement, but later on he is definitely in a garage. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what I like about this is how most horror films in the 80s have their slasher villains wearing masks, you know, they're horrifically disfigured or whatever. It's someone that looks like they should be in a horror film. Big Ed doesn't give a shit. He's just... You, we, we know from the get-go, it's Big Ed. There's no red herrings. It's this true, is it. Yeah. You know? This is who's doing the killing. And I think that works. Yes. Um, because also, this whole Ed being uh, okay with his dad's weirdness mm. um, isn't actually dealt with for the rest of the film. So, Ed isn't really a red herring. No. It, it is literally just... Um, like a Friday the 13th sequel where yeah. we know it's Jason you know we see Jason but obviously Big Ed looks like a fucking dog's dinner he looks like a yeah. shit but um, we know it's Big Ed and it's yeah. Big Ed from the get go uh, after that this is when the mask is introduced okay so yeah so they discuss an ancient mask Ed goes on about a story of sacrifices and then like Please tell me it's a goat or a sheep that was being sacrificed. <laughs> he goes, no, it was people. It was virgins. To which Ralph, for the first and sadly not the last time, suggests that Pam is a virgin, uh, which is a great insult to her. And I'm like, leave her alone. Yeah. Um, she She's pissed off him Im- immediately understandably. Um, she then notices something's missing from a wall display and Ed's like, oh, it's just an axe. And Pam's like, yeah, no, we really need to call the fucking police, yeah, you moron. This is weird. Why is there a giant axe missing? And he's like, oh, okay, I'll call my dad in the morning. If he hasn't got the axe, then I'll call the police. Like, no, you could just call the police now. Yeah, absolutely. Big Ed continues to wait in the basement, now holding the axe. <laughs> they go on about his fucking axe and the next shot is Big Ed holding his fucking axe. Yeah, Mike and Linda are making out in the kitchen. <laughs> really, it's really weird to see them. Because there's no sound <laughs> no, at all. No. But they're really going for it. It should be noisy, but there's nothing. Uh, Pam decides to light the <laughs> fireplace. <laughs> so, in our summer <laughs> slasher feet <laughs> month, we're discussing a film where... The final girl lights a fireplace. (laughs) Yeah, her and Ed make out by it. And then we get random shots of Big Ed sleeping in the basement and dreaming of killing little Ed. And he fucking graphically kills a child. And it's a dream sequence, but he graphically kills a child multiple times. Yeah, like he shoots him, he slits his throat. Um... (laughs) <laughs> didn't didn't hold back, and the eighties were the eighties never. They very rarely killed kids in slasher films, so this is it's, quite jarring. Yeah, it's it's very. Uh, I mean, any film where a kid's killed, you know, we can sit here and watch teenagers die when yeah. blue in the face, and we don't bat an eyelid. But it is quite jarring when a kid's killed, and then in this, is he's killed, what like three times? Yeah. In, in a dream sequence, but still, you still see it. Uh, Mike and Linda go exploring as Big Ed watches them. Uh, they find a cardboard cutout in the garage with... Um, oh, no. 
They do at some point, but not at the scene. They find a cupboard in a garage with sharp, pointy objects in the wall, which they're really confused by. They are hooks, but weird hooks. Like, they're just... They're not like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre hooks. They're just pointing out the wall. Yeah, yeah. I'm not... I'm not a fisherman myself, so I wouldn't really know um, the context of it all. Um, but they, they are... They, <laughs> Big Ed's there. He's listening in, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. But they're ridiculing Big Ed's collection of ancient masks. Fucking <laughs> 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 fuming. Yeah. Uh, Mike wonders what he'd look like as a fisherman. As he holds a pair of trousers up to his tits. Yeah. Which is a fisherman tr- stops the water getting in, I suppose. Uh, Linda says, good, but your rubbers are too big. To which Mike responds, first time you've said that. <laughs> which is so... Which... I don't know if that's a compliment. I don't... <laughs> I mean... <laughs> yeah, if you if your condom's too big... If she says your condom... I suppose, big, yeah. Oh, well done you for always getting perfect fitting condoms. <laughs> you always know what size to buy. Well done, Mike. <laughs> My... That's true, actually. <laughs> what I find weird, and I, I will always find weird, is that rubbers in the UK means an eraser for, like, rubbing out pencil marks. But in America, it means condoms. Um, and it always always makes me giggle. It's that and fanny packs. Always make me giggle. <laughs> yes. Um, Mike and Linda... Mike and Linda get a little horny once they start talking about condom sizes. Mm. Uh, and they almost walk into another cupboard where Big Ed is hiding. But Pam calls them to help her out with something just in time. Yes. Because this is a slasher film and Lord forbid he just comes out and just <laughs> does what he wants to do. Every... <laughs> Everyone finishes up eating dinner whilst Pam draws up a duty rotor for everyone and helps Ed clean up. (laughs) Pam and her fucking rotor. Um, Linda is like... I'd be fucking fuming. Well, in fairness, Ed and Pam are rotor to clean up first. Yeah. Spoiler alert, no one else has to clean up because the rest of them are dead by (laughs) by the next day. So... Linda's like, come on, this is too much. Let's walk off this food. Yeah. So her and Mike head out for a very dark romantic walk on the beach. Um, whilst Big Ed watches them. He does. Um, some he, lovely romantic music. It's like pitch black on that beach. <laughs> like, they're going to have a good time. Oh, that romantic music. Oh, my God. <laughs> they have a little frolic as well, don't yeah. they? They look fucking freezing. The rest of them are playing Monopoly, and Pam wants to know what Mike and Linda are doing. So to explain it... Ralph jumps over their Monopoly board and then announces that they're on a beach. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Pam is concerned that Mike and Linda have been gone for ages. So they've gone for a long time now, apparently. Um, Ralph is a cunt about it, as always. <laughs> and I have that written down. There's also the suggestion that Ralph may have set up a prank for them. Yeah. Because Sue's like, oh, why are you so Well, he has. It's, it's revealed later on, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, the thing that falls from the ceiling. Oh, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Is that what that was? Uh-huh. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah. Um, Pam tells him to quit doing that thing. And uh, Ed asks him if he'll ever grow up. And he says he doesn't know. <laughs> they all head out <laughs> At to... least he owns it. 
They all look yeah, like... I am a twat. I'm one of it. They all go to the beach to catch up with Mike and Linda. Whilst Mike and Linda go to a swimming pool that looks like it's in a greenhouse with a big cover over the top of it. Yeah, so it's very confusing how far this swimming pool is away from the condo. Yeah, um, they seem disgusted that there's chlorine in the pool. Mike thinks it's used to protect people from herpes, and Linda didn't know she'd have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah, this is weird. <laughs> they're tool. weird. They're, they're dialogue. Their sexy dialogue exchange is fucking weird. It's like... <laughs> it's so... Yeah... It's so weird, but what I also find incredibly strange is that the pool is a greenhouse. Yeah. Because there's plants everywhere. Uh-huh. Like, potted plants. And if, like, I know this sounds really weird to say, but it's almost as if the swimming pool wasn't meant to be there. Yeah. Like... In The Sims, where you, you have a swimming pool and you put it in the middle of somewhere. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's a very weird set piece. It's such a weird set piece. I assume they haven't set it up like that for the film. I feel like they've randomly stumbled upon it. Yeah. Like, whilst on location. Like, oh, do you know what? This would work good for a scene. Like, um, they say that they put milk in the swimming pool. Yeah. So... What was wrong with the swimming pool that they had to put milk in? Well, they said they wanted to make it more cloudy. Now, I would understand if this first part of the scene was anything to go by, where they were desperately trying to censor any sort of nudity. Yeah. But then at the end of it, Linda well, yeah. lies on her back, and you just see her tits anyway. That's true. Completely, you know, making the all the effort they go to before that point completely pointless. Maybe it was his nudity they were trying to cover with milk. Maybe, but even with Linda, they they were really trying at first. Yeah, and then um, just out of nowhere, it's like... Yeah, I mean, they take here they are. ages to strip off. Uh, I mean, ages. Oh, and, and I am not a feet person, <laughs> and they are close up on those but that's fucking the thing. feet. The angle is on the floor. They, they are literally... You can only see it from their feet. Yeah. And, you know, it's a film. Cut out some, cut out some of this. You don't need all this. But they leave it running. For, ha- for as long as it takes them to get undressed. Like, we see the whole thing from their feet. It reminds me... Is it Madman? Where they linger on random body parts and yeah. undressed. Yeah, it was very Madman. too man. long. Um, Lin- <laughs> as they're getting undressed, Linda's like, mm, yeah. And then they jump into the swimming pool. <laughs> what was she moaning for? She was just getting undressed. They bounce around in the swimming pool to some romantic music. Very showgirls-esque. Um, and that's, that's a bit of an insult. It's more like the fucking stud. <laughs> Ed draw. Meanwhile, on the beach, Ed draws a love heart in the sand with his and Pam's initials in it. And she says, does this mean if we don't make love tonight, you'll still love me in the morning? And he says, it means if we don't make love, I'll still like you tonight. We'll have to let the morning see what the morning does. And she says, oh, heavy. What the fuck does that even mean? I have no idea. <laughs> it's weird because they bring up this whole Pam not wanting to have sex thing. Yeah. And being a virgin and wanting to do things in the right way. They bring it up a lot. It's very on the nose about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Which, if this film was a parody, yeah, 
I could understand. Mm-hmm. But it's not. So it just kind of, it's like, it's almost as if there's a joke there at her expense. It's, it's, so it's weird. like, yeah, I think it's a joke on the whole, she's going to be the final girl thing. Yeah, I, do you think, do you think I, it's um, meta? Uh, yeah, I think it's self-aware. Way. I think it's self because, I mean, to bring it up this many times, I feel like it's very much... It's a huge, big deal yeah, made of it. it. It's very much like, okay, this is your final girl. Yeah. You know? And that's why the other girls... But do you think that's through design or, you know, cliched writing? I think... I think it's by design. It's 1984, so by this point, it's very established. Because mm. it started with Halloween, you yeah. know? Maybe even further back than that. Um, so I think the fact that it's included here, I think this was... Uh, I think it was self-aware. Yeah. It, it could be a cliche. It could be a cliche. But I think with the other comedic elements, it just feels... Like something you'd hear in, some, in Slumber Party Massacre. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, someone turns the lights off in the swimming pool greenhouse, and you think, oh, okay, this is when they're going to die. Mike turns them back on and gets back in the swimming pool. <laughs> they carry on fucking around in the pool for a bit. Uh, Linda rubs her hair. She's like, oh, it feels so good. What? You just rub your hair, Linda. What? Yeah. <laughs> she gets really easy. She gets turned on really easily. It's the chlorine. Uh, they... St- Decide to start playing tag. Yeah. She says, let's play tag. Which essentially just means they keep bobbing up and down <laughs> in and out of the water. So when one's out of the water, the other one's under. And then it's vice versa, like a fucking seesaw. This goes on for far too long. <laughs> it does. Big Ed randomly appears in the swimming pool. He does. And he... he <laughs> no one knows. This is why, and they kind of should have done the whole... Um, it's unfortunate that they couldn't do what they initially set out to do with this death. Yeah. Because they're bobbing up and down... Yeah, mm-hmm. and so they're not seeing each other, essentially, and they're trying to find each other, tag or whatever. Yeah. Whatever shit. There's some fucked up games in this game, <laughs> in this uh, movie. And Big Ed has seemingly got into his swimming shorts or whatever, <laughs> because you see his bare legs, don't you? Yeah, and he's perfectly dry after he's this. perfectly dry after this. But seemingly he's... Either got down to his undercrackers or whatever and got in. We then get, and like Gary was saying, it seems like the film is trying to hide any sort of um, nudity from Linda. Mm-hmm. Until Linda decides to float on her back and we get a shot of her, you know, floating on the water and a very clear, quite close up image of her breasts. Yeah. She then gets grabbed from under the water, sort of across her face, and dragged underneath. Mike is completely oblivious to all Mike, this. Mike, I swear, he's trying to do a competition with himself to see how long he can hold his breath underwater. Because he is under there for fucking ages whilst this happens. And it happens in slow motion. For ages. It happens in slow motion, it so does. he is there for so long. Um, and then... He comes up, goes back under, 
at the exact moment when Big Ed carries Linda's body away. Yeah. <laughs> and then comes back up as soon as Big Ed leaves. As soon as Big Ed leaves. This is why I think the whole virgin thing is an in-joke, because that's far too convenient to be taken seriously. Yeah. I, I feel like that was another in-joke. Well, there's also another part later that surely they can't have been serious about. Yeah. Um, and also involving a game. Um, so... <laughs> Big Ed has also stolen all their clothes. So Mike has to leave the, the pool. He can't find Linda. He thinks Linda's gone off with the clothes as some hilarious prank. Um, he says, thank God for small favours. Yeah, because he the clothes... He, I think he thinks someone's dropped his trousers or whatever <laughs> when he stole, they stole the clothes. But he follows like a trail of clothes... So he's slowly putting on his trousers. I think he gets a sock and then a shoe. Um, he does... Now, I don't... it's repeated at the end of the film in the, like, blooper reel sitcom thing. But he does some weird jump over a wall. <laughs> For some reason. Oh, my God, it's like... You know, the actor um... fucking loved that. You know, he you know, really thought he was the shit. It's... Like Cruel Jaws. Yeah. Where it's like, it's in my contract. I have to do some like cool little jump over a wall. This is his IMDb picture, by the way. It is. It's him jumping Well, all wall. their IMDb pictures are from this film. I don't think they set them up. Um, but yeah, so he follows this trail of clothes. We get a lovely little jump scare from a... Um, Cut out of a fisherman. Well, that's what I was thinking of earlier. Yeah, there's, there's a cardboard cut out of an old man smoking a pipe, and he's like, "Size, nice. What I really want is my jacket." What? Yeah. <laughs> what does that even mean? He does get his jacket, though, doesn't he? he does. And he he's led to the garage, and he um, finds Linda's bra and knickers. The knickers are on the handle to the cupboard. And this takes ages, by the way. Yeah, he's, he's like chatting <laughs> absolute shit throughout the whole thing. He's like, now this is getting interesting. I think I'm getting your message. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, it's like Diane Carroll in the uh, Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> I'm receiving your message. Um. He opens the cupboard and he's greeted by Big Ed, who kills him with a, a boat motor. Yeah. Well, I mean, at first he opens the other cupboard and it's like, I'm coming to get you. Oh, and then, yeah, Big Ed just pops out and cuts his chest open with a boat motor. Boat. Uh, Not he, a motorboat. <laughs> no. It takes ages for him to die. He just screams and oh, waves his arm God. around. Fuck it, the guy who plays Mike is such a fucking diva. He I'm is fucking so loving this shit. He was the second to go. <laughs> he, he was just, he made the most of every second of his screen time. And it's, it is a great death as well. The practical effects are amazing. One thing about this film, you know, that has actually stood the test of time is those special effects. Yeah. They're really good. For, for such an amateur film, like, you know, first-time filmmakers, first-time actors, it, that, I mean, that's impressive. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I mean, $450,000. $450, yeah. 
I mean, that's fairly big. Yeah. Especially when you probably they probably didn't really play, pay the cast much, if anything. No. I mean, it's all first-time cast members. Um, it's one, apart from the bar and, and that, but the majority of the film is one location. Yeah. Um, the soundtrack, they clearly made themselves. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say, you know, yeah, probably a lot was spent on the special effects. Yeah. Big Ed uh, hooks up Mike and Linda's bodies and hides them away in the cupboard. Uh, the rest of them are still on the beach. And <laughs> this fucking cop appears and he is so angry. you. I don't think he is angry. I think he's just a really bad actor. Like, if you didn't already know Big Ed was the killer, he would be a red herring. That's but true. Because he's just a really bad actor. Yeah. <laughs> He scares the shit out of Pam. She screams in his face. He's like, what are you kids doing here? <laughs> and they it's, explain about the break-in, of course. It's very... And again, if um, if we didn't already know that Big Ed was the killer, it's very Scooby-Doo-ish. Yeah. What are you kids doing here? <laughs> Every word he says is like he's having a go at him. But he's actually... He's not actually being that nasty. So he's, <laughs> it's really weird to see. He says it's dangerous on the beach... So Ralph decides to make a joke about whether there are rapists or murders, murderers about. Lovely. They tell him about being at the condo. He seems to not know about Big Ed. <laughs> like, there's a big deal about, ah, oh, there's no one else around. You know, there's just the condo. There's no neighbours or anything, yeah. seemingly. Because they never go to one no. of the neighbours. So seemingly this is the only place on this island and this police officer is there, uh-huh. seemingly doing a routine check of the beach. And he seems to have... He doesn't mention Big Ed at all. No. He doesn't mention, you know, who could have been or who should have been or who would have been mm-hmm. at the condo. Um, none of this. No. He just tells them it's dangerous. And... Um, that also there's a storm brewing and they should be aware of potentially getting hit by lightning. (laughs) (laughs) They tell him about the axe being missing. Well, Pam does. Pam's Mm -hmm. the only one with any sense. She tells him about the axe being missing and they leave because Ed's like, well, I'll call my dad, you know, in the morning and see what's going on, this, that and the other. Um, again, no acknowledgement of Big Ed from this dude. He, they leave. Yeah, when he, they ask him, have you seen Mike and Linda, don't they? Yeah. And yeah. he's like, oh, I haven't. And they're like, oh, well, if you do, don't look at them. And he's like, ha ha. He is <laughs> anchored like that. <laughs> they go off and he calls through on the radio about, now, I don't know, all I got was 10-4. But ten four just yeah. means okay, um, so I don't know what he was radio through it, radioing through, but I'm assuming it's potentially we've got an incident on our hands or or whatnot. Yeah. Um. Um. Because the police do, spoiler alert, the police do come. Yeah. Later on, I mean it's a while, um, but the police do come, and. Uh, yeah, so they go, he gets on the radio about, you know, on the lookout or whatever. Um, he then scopes out the condo outside. And Big Ed 
jumps out from nowhere and shoves a plank of wood directly into his cheek. Yeah, it, and it goes on for a while. It's really graphic. Yeah. Um, and then he decapitates him. He does. Yeah, and again, and, and I've put here, for all its faults, the effects are damn good. Mm, yeah. You know? And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, I, it was actually weird, because I thought he was going to become an ongoing character. Even though I've seen this before, I swear he was in this longer. And then it's just such a quick death as well. Someone that could have been there to help him. It's, yeah, really well placed. Mm. Um... Pam is like, let's head back. Lightning is not one of my favourite things. Yeah, again... I've put here, the gang decide to head back to the condo. <laughs> how far away was that swimming pool? I know, yeah. <laughs> like, seriously, how far away? <laughs> Had they not reached it yet? There's no... The only mention of there being a swimming pool there, considering Pam was looking for some R&R... Yeah. Um, was when Mike and Linda seemingly stumble upon it. Yeah. No one else mentions it. <laughs> it's not telling anyone. It's anymore. not like it's a small swimming pool either. No. The big cover, you can't it's really big miss cover. it. It looks, yeah. Ed continues to be boring by talking about seashells. Oh. Pam suggests that they go looking for seashells in the morning and then they have a bitch about Ralph. Um, she... Pam's like, yeah, he's always fucking calling me a virgin. And Ed's like, well, sex is a necessary part of Ralph's relationship. And then Pam's like, well, it's not a necessary part of mine. And Ed's, like, really fucking disappointed. Yeah, Ed is a bit... Um, I don't know how to describe it. Dis- yeah, disappointed in yeah. his uh, lack of a sex life with Pam. Bless him. Ralph makes another joke about Pam being a virgin. So, I- so this time, she is fucking had it. She has. So she elbows him in the stomach, throws him onto the floor and pins him down whilst holding her fist up to him. She goes, absolute sister street fight on she his ass. <laughs> and that is how you should deal with all annoying pranksters in slasher films. Absolutely. They're, well, and then they can get killed off. <laughs> but they need to, uh, yeah, they need to be a... Uh... And that flipped over. That was point. like that is the scene where it's like okay yeah the the we need to pay more attention to Pam she is underrated. So, um, Ralph says, "Oh, a game of blind man's bluff," um, to defuse the situation. He then goes to the kitchen to get some beers, uh, some national beers. Yeah. Now I'm confused. Because he only bought 12 beers. <laughs> There's six people, four days. That's two beers each <laughs> over four days. I. No, I mean, can only speak for myself. Um, but I would probably have had those 12 beers in one night. <laughs> seemingly there's a never ending yeah, supply. So they know they're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to die before midnight, so really we only need two cans each. Uh, Sue, Sue, Sue has a word of him about his uh, his virgin shaman with Pam, and she's like, Pam's going to give you a fat lip, which you really do deserve. It's truth. Truth spoken by Sue. Sue, was Sue giving you Elle Fanning vibes? Uh, no. No? <laughs> I don't know what she was giving me, really. I just, I felt like I recognised her and it was, 
I feel like it was Elle Fanning she reminded me of. Um, so, from what I thought was Ralph jokingly suggesting Blind Man's Bluff, uh, they actually do decide to play a game of Blind Man's Bluff. Well, yeah, Pam's like, Blind Man's Bluff? I don't believe it. Like, five minutes after it was announced they were going to play it. <laughs> now, the rules... Ed decides to give them and us the rules in great fucking detail. <laughs> of course he does. He's Ed. He's fucking boring. I swear, at least three minutes of the timeline of this film <laughs> is dedicated to him explaining the rules of Blind Man's Bluff. Now, I was none the wiser by the end of it, but essentially what I got was it's hide and seek... But um, the three way outside, whilst one of them is inside, after a certain amount of time, all the lights are switched off. So it's pitch black. Pitch black. Remember that. Pitch black. (laughs) And the three go inside trying to find the one who is hiding. When they find them, they sit next to them, blah, 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 blah. I almost spent just as long explaining that then. My apologies. So, this happens. And in a bizarre series of events, Sue is the blind man in the house. She goes round switching off all the lights. I assume. Yeah. No, she does. She does. (laughs) Because... Once she switched all the lights off, I can still see her, and it's still actually quite light outside. (laughs) This is a really weird method of filmmaking, because obviously, the the director's clearly like, okay, they need to see what's going on. The audience needs to see what's going on, you know. uh, We can't just have it completely pitch black. But then we're meant to believe that these characters, that we can clearly see, like... (laughs) There's clearly light in that room. We're meant to believe that they can't see anything, which makes for this upcoming really fucking dumb scene. So, Sue finds her hiding place. She hears the door go, and it's Big Ed. But she thinks it's Ralph trying to cheat. She says, oh, Ralph, you you can't cheat. Don't you come in here too early. Then it takes place. And the three, Pam, um, Ed, and Ralph, enter the house. So you get, is it Ralph, trip up? Yeah. Pretending to trip up like he can't see. Um, Then (laughs) Pam makes it into the kitchen where Sue is hiding against a wall. Behind a call box. Behind a call box, um, which is on the bench. She, we can quite clearly see both of them. <laughs> and Pam, the actress, she deserves, uh, like, n- not an Oscar. She deserves, like, um, a Golden Globe or something <laughs> for her performance. Because she is pretending like Sue is not right next, fucking next to her. The, she ain't no Audrey Hepburn until, no. uh, in Wait Until Dark. No, she... she yeah. <laughs> she, she is right there. She's right there. Like, I know we're meant to think it's pitch black, but come on. 
She's right there. She's right, but it's not even dark. It's no. not even. It's not even like difficult to see no. in any way. It's just like gray. It's like gray. Yeah. It feels like that night to day. Day to night. Day to yeah. night. Night to day. Day to night. Um, but less blue. <laughs> Um, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. So Pam hides under the uh, under the bench that the call box is on. Um, Ralph finds both of them, and he hides under the bench with Pam. Big Ed enters the condo, and Ralph goes to grab his leg, thinking it's Little Ed, <laughs> but Pam stops him. Pam, that's the second time that Pam has stopped people from dying exactly. in this film. Big Ed spots Little Ed and follows him with a crowbar. Little Ed finds everyone and they turn all the lights on. Big Ed disappears. Yeah, for some reason. So, why why is this not just Big Ed's moment? I know, yeah. Yeah. Why, you know, why is he skulking around so much in this fucking film? <laughs> if he's lured them there, yeah. and this is, and as they say, a deserted island, mm-hmm. why does he not just kill them exactly. outright? He's always he knows he's in a slash. He film. knows he's in a slash. He knows that this film has to at least go eighty minutes. <laughs> so, Pam's worried about Mike and Linda, but Ralph tells her not to worry because they're just relaxing and enjoying each other's company after a long week. They all go to bed. <laughs> to which Pam decides that this makes Ralph a good guy. <laughs> yeah, they go to bed, and Pam's like, "Ah, oh, Ralph's all right, isn't he? He's all right now," and then. Ed is trying it on and she's like, no, remember our deal. You know how I feel about you. And I do like you, but I just don't want to. Not now, not here. But he's not even, he's not even trying it on. (laughs) He's literally just getting undressed for bed. Like, the poor bastard ends up sleeping fully dressed. Now, I understand her, you know, obviously, she doesn't want to get with him, Ed's, hasn't really been that forceful no. throughout the film. They are in a relationship, but he just doesn't want to sleep in jeans. <laughs> like, <laughs> but she's like, no, you have to sleep fully dressed. <laughs> I did feel a bit sorry for him there. <laughs> Big Ed hooks up the cop's corpse uh, next to Mike and Linda. Ralph and Sue start getting it on uh, when she tells him to lock up for the night and he's not happy about it. She has a picture, like, they, they start, like, kissing or, or whatnot. He's got his top off. Um, and uh, she goes, we've forgotten something. And uh, we've forgotten to lock up. <laughs> and then he's like, well, what about Linda and... What's his name? Mike. 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 <laughs> I hate him so much. I forgot about him straight away <laughs> when he died. Um, what about Linda and Mike? And she's like, well, you're going to have to go find them then, aren't you? And uh, she's... <laughs> weirdly, she's like, well, I've got something to show you when you get back. It starts to, like, undo her top. And then the the film speeds up. It's he's, like, really his top weird. And it's, like, it's like a Benny Hill sketch. Like, it's yes. fast comedic edit of Ralph putting a shirt on and running to the door yeah. with some comedic music over the yeah. top. Again, this reinforces what I said before. This, it must be a meta thing. Like, I mean, to include something like that, that's no accident. It, it, it blurs the line between slasher film and comedy. Yeah. But 
doesn't really feel the need to explain any no. of it. Um, so he goes out to find Mike and Linda. Um, he... Oh, where am I? Well, he has the same conversation with Pam and Ed that he just had with Sue. Oh, about yeah. About the door. Um, then he goes outside. Uh, he starts calling out for Mike and Linda. Goes to the garage, thinking they're in there. Uh, finds Linda's underwear, puts it on a door. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. What is it with guys talking absolute shit oh, my, at this fucking all he door? Fucking does, and it's so funny because whilst he's doing this, he's talking about those little bits of metal that you throw around. <laughs> and then he, he starts... Throws he, throws, he throws it. That wakes up Big Ed, who's for some reason Big... has gone to sleep. <laughs> Big Ed... Is in the cupboard and he looks so fucking confused by everything Ralph is doing the entire time. He's talking shit. So he's had enough of him uh, and he impales him with a flounder gig to the throat. A what? A flounder gig. That's the what they're called. Fuck is a so it's like gig? what uh, Aquaman uses. Oh, I just thought it was a gardening No, floor. no, no. Oh, it's excuse one of those. me, flounder gig. Bloody hell. Yeah. She's educated. Yeah, apparently. Um. Yeah, so, and I, again, amazing practical effect. Doesn't need to hook yes. him up because he's already impaled him on the door. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, a great death for uh, an annoying prankster. Yes, thank God. Doesn't always happen. Doesn't always happen. Friday the 13th, part two. Yeah. And one. And one. Oh, that was off screen, weren't it? Yeah. Oh. Uh, Sue is now in a sexy nightdress waiting for Ralph, far better than he deserves. Uh, and she's reading a journal. And is she smoking a spliff? Is she? Uh, she's smoking summer. Um, she goes out to look for Ralph. Pam hears some noises, but Ed won't wake up. Ed won't fucking wake up. Now, I will defend Ed in this one as well. Ed won't wake up. She's going, Ed. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, Ed. Not put much effort into it. Wake up, Ed. <laughs> and then, of course, he's not going to wake up. But, you know what? She's a strong, independent woman. She goes to investigate all by herself. Gets a jump scare by a bunch of pillows dressed with a shirt and a hat that Ralph has set up. The one he was talking about earlier in the film. Uh, she then goes back and tells Ed that all the kids are missing. What was that about? <laughs> all the kids are missing. All the oh, kids. Bitch, you are barely teenagers. <laughs> a couple of you, I think, are middle-aged. You ain't fucking kids. He's not happy about this at all because uh, he has to go look for him. So he says, not sleeping together is one thing, but not sleeping at all is another. Yeah, yeah I'm kind of, I was like, well, don't you fucking start. <laughs> Leave the poor girl alone. Sue comes back and she tells Pam and Ed that Ralph is now missing. Uh, and Pam tells Sue and Ed they're leaving. And she fully takes charge now. But Sue doesn't want to leave without Ralph. So they agree to go looking for him one last time. In a... What? Sue, Sue won't leave without Ralph. No. She don't give two shits about Linda and Mike, no. really. But she won't leave without Ralph. Um, Pam's... Sue suggests that her and Ed go and try and find him. Yeah. And Pam's like, no, I ain't going anywhere without Ed. Mm-hmm. Um, again, being, you know, the queen that she is. She's like, oh, fuck that. Used to, well, she's fully happy to leave without Ralph. She, yeah. <laughs> but she's like, you know, you ain't fucking leaving me by myself. No. <laughs> Fuck you. Sue can stay by herself and find Ralph. Um, Big Ed, in a bizarre series of events, he finds Sue 
takes her into the garage and sticks the large fishing gaff from earlier in the film up her vagina before raising the axe to her and the screen cuts away. And it is fucking graphic. It is no it's sleepaway like, count. No. It's, it's so weird. Um, from this part forward, by the way, you know how during the Blind Man's Bluff game you could see everything <laughs> this is where they finally decide for it to go dark <laughs> so a lot of this like you know th- this towards the end i'm like what uh, what? <laughs> what's that so i had to ask gary i was like where is that protruding from because it's like a hooked knife isn't it it's the gaff from earlier in the film gaff. the one from um the, the large hook yeah so it's kind of Coming out of her crotch, yeah, the spiked part. So the other part must have gone up the jacksey, yeah. Um, which is fucking grim, by the way. I'm like, <laughs> really oh grim, my death. God. And it it looks disgusting it as well. It does. It's great. It's yeah. I'm surprised, and I asked Gary whilst we were watching the film, was this a video nasty? It must have been banned. If it, it must have been heavily cut because it wasn't a video been. nasty. They would never, ever, in 1984, yeah. would have gotten away with that. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, Sleepaway Camp, you know, did something similar with the straighteners, but it, it was in shadows. Implied. Yeah. But this is, I mean, this is protruding from her crotch. Yeah. Um, and she's screaming and there's blood and everything. It must have been cut. Must have been. Ed and Pam stumble upon the remains of Big Ed's victims and they notice him approaching so they start to hide. Ed is ultimately found by his father who stabs him in the leg but is unable to kill him after Pam intervenes, stabbing him in the head and the chest but not killing him just yet. Yeah, she fucking slays the house down now. She does. She shaves. uh, She She saves Ed's life. (laughs) Just quick shave. (laughs) She shaves Ed's balls. Uh, Ed becomes shaves the legs. Ed, Ed's no longer Ed's no longer happy with just being annoying. He's now whiny as well. He's like, "That's my dad." Really? Yeah. Well, this is a, a lengthy scene, isn't it? Yeah. He, they get in the car, and the he's car like, won't start. No, he's like, "Oh, I'm feeling funny," and she's like, "Oh, you poor thing." Well, no. <laughs> She she helps him into the car, but he's just been stabbed in the leg, and she puts him in the driver's seat, and he says, no, you're going to have to drive, love. <laughs> sorry, I've just been stabbed in the leg, you're going to have to drive, I'm sorry about it. She starts the engine, she keeps revving, because it's not working, yeah. so, oh, you flooded it, you're going to have to give it a minute. So, oh, turn off the headlight to save the battery. And when she does, the soundtrack stops as well. Yeah. <laughs> then it starts again when she turns the headlight back on. Why does she turn it back on, by the way, if she's just been told to switch them off? Like, what did I just tell you? Uh, when she does, conveniently, she switches them back on straight away because they realise Big Ed ain't dead. Yeah, he's on top of the car. He's on top of the car. He uh, he pulls on Michael Myers and tries strangling... Uh, Little Ed from the top of the car. Yes. Pam, fast thinking, uses a cigarette lighter in the car to burn his hand. Now, the cigarette lighter, if anyone who is um, old enough to remember, 
They take a while to heat up. (laughs) (laughs) You should have had an awkward moment where she pushes the button and she's waiting for it to sit. That's probably, I mean, that's probably where all the battery's gone. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, push the button and it's like, oh, come on. (laughs) Hurry up. (laughs) She then starts the car, finally, and uses it... Conveniently. to, ...to drive him into a concrete wall, fucking cutting him in half. Yes. The police arrive on the scene, and just when you think it's all over, Big Ed, fucking cut in half on the floor, comes back to life to cut a police officer's leg off before he finally dies. Yes. Again, it looks amazing. It does. It is, it is so over the top, so ridiculous, but it is so fucking entertaining. Yeah. It's... It's a comedy. It's ridiculous. It's comical. Um... Which, again, leads into, you know, what you were saying, where you think they were in on the joke. Yeah, yeah, great special effects. Ed comforts Pam in hospital and the film ends with a cheesy end credit sequence that looks like it's straight out of a sitcom introduction set to the full break theme song. Yes. So you know at the end of Predator, and it's a running yeah. joke, where, you know, you've just had this film, this bloody violent film, and then at the end of it, you get, like, a sequence, like, it's from a sitcom. Yeah. This, this is exactly like that, but yeah. even further, because there's a couple of bloopers thrown in yeah. as well. <laughs> like, but the first blooper is Big Ed, like, lifting up, Little Ed, like yeah. child Ed, <laughs> as if to kill him, and then they start giggling. <laughs> oh my god, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, we've ruined the scene where we're about to kill this child. Yeah, and then after that, it's uh, an instrumental version of the song over the rest of the credits. Oh, yeah. It's it's so cheesy, it's great. It is. And that's the Mutilator. That's the Mutilator. Really... Um, Great slasher film. Would you say underrated? Underrated. By you. By me. Um, I mean, a lot of other people love this film, but it, it, it does need to be seen. If you're a slasher fan, you need to see this film. And Pam is really up there with some of the best final girls. It's It's got the kind of... And I'm surprised it hasn't been put up there with the likes of The Burning and um, the Friday the 13th sequels, because... It's got the kind of things that to, um, last in yeah. slasher films. You know, it's got really great special effects. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's got a very simple plot. It's executed well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not breaking any new ground at all. But does it need to? No, it no. just needs to be entertaining. You know, you just have to open a can of national beer (laughs) and enjoy it and it does that watching it for the podcast i now realize that it's maybe stupid by design yeah and it might be more um in on the joke yeah than we'd probably first thought Uh, which is probably why you hated it so much because maybe you didn't understand i think so yeah that, yeah. you know, it's stupid, but maybe it's deliberately stupid. Yeah. Yeah, highly recommend it. You know, great practical effects. It's camp. It's, it's everything a slash film should be. Perfect summer viewing. 
Yes, in four. Um, <laughs> in four. If you are a fan of The Mutilator, let us know on social media. We're Horrorcore Trash over on Facebook and Instagram. I and... Oh, yeah, and Horrorcore Trash on Twitter, of course. Mm-hmm. I am DadakGaz92 on Letterboxd, Gazmo205 on Instagram, and GazChris92 on Twitter. I am ChrisBarker823 on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And I've started posting reviews on Letterboxd now. I'm pleased to tell you. So follow me and... There'll be some slightly more interesting content. <laughs> Rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Like and follow on Everything Else. Don't forget our tickets for our Hellraiser screening are now on sale on Eventbrite. Uh, there are all the links in our bios on social media for September the 30th at Chabotown Pitch House in Manchester. Tuesday, next week, we're back with Piranha 2, uh, concluding our Summer Screens episodes. But before then... We are back on Friday with the Piranha Original versus Remake Freesome episode. So lots of we're serving lots of fish. Lots of fish. <laughs> serving fish for the next week or so. Oh, that's gonna be good with some lemon. <laughs> yeah. And what the fuck did she say? <laughs> It'll be great baked with some lemon. Great baked with some lemon. Uh, but also on the original versus remake episode, we'll be doing a separate section where we will discuss all the films we've watched at this year's Edinburgh International Film Festival, which we received a press pass for. So, we'll see you on Friday. Bye.